0: Hi, parents and guardians. As always, I'd like to take a moment before the podcast to thank you for choosing me, Raggedy Auntie, to be your child or children's reader for the next half hour or so. You can find the list of stories, as usual, and songs in the show notes on your platform of choice and a link to our Patreon. As you know by now, there's something for everyone on every level of Patreon. So I look forward to seeing you over there. Today's news is we have no news. So thank you so much for listening. And I am so glad that you are here. Hello, my sweet friend. Welcome back to the book nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie, and I am curled up here with my little cat, Endymion, underneath a blanket with a cup of hot cocoa. It is winter here, it's kind of cold. But I love seeing the snow and hearing the wind blow. Today, we have some wonderful stories about the snow and the wind. They're called Heidi, and we're going to be reading chapter 18 of that book. We're also going to hear a wonderful poem called Snowballing. And it's it's really a fun poem about playing in the snow. And of course, we'll hear from one of my favorite poets Alfred Lord Tennyson and it's going to be a poem called sweet and low I am so glad you are here today let's get started snowballing from the infant's delight we don't know who wrote it but we know it was published by Lee and Shepard see these merry ones at play on this snowy new year's day how they run and jump and throw handfuls of the soft white snow. You should hear them laugh and shout as they fling the snow about. Tis by Frank and Gus alone that the balls are chiefly thrown, while their cousins make and bring other balls for them to fling. Katy is preparing thus quite a store of balls for Gus, but her merry sister May from her task has run away all that heavy lump of snow at her cousin Gus to throw. (laughs) Edith is not very bold, and at first she feared the cold. Oh, now at last you see her run down the steps to join the fun. You know, I love hearing my friends playing outside in the snow, and this is the right time of year for it. Snowball fights are the most fun. You do have to be a little bit careful, because as we heard in that poem, some weird things can happen when you're slip sliding all over the snow and the ice. But goodness, it makes me kind of want to throw off my blanket and put down my cocoa and run outside, grab up some snow and throw it at the next person that comes by. I hope it's one of my friends. Next, let's take a trip to Switzerland and hear from Heidi, who lives in the mountains called the Alps in Switzerland. Heidi is a book written by Johanna Spyri. It was translated by Elizabeth P. Stork. This is chapter 18, Winter in the Village. Snow lay so deep around the alm hut that the windows seemed to stand level with the ground, and the house door had entirely disappeared. Round Peter's hut, it was the same. When the boy went out to shovel the snow, he had to creep through the window. Then he would sink deep, deep into the soft snow and kick with arms and legs to get free. Taking a broom, the boy would have to clear away the snow from the door to prevent its falling into the hut. The uncle had kept his word. When the first snow had fallen, he had moved down to the village with Heidi and his goats. Near the church and the parish house lay an old ruin that once had been a spacious building. A brave soldier had lived there in days gone by. He had fought in the Spanish War, and coming back with many riches, had built himself a splendid house. But having lived too long in the noisy world to be able to stand the monotonous life in the little town, he soon went away, never to come back. After his death many years later... Though the house was already beginning to decay, a distant relation of his took possession of it. The new proprietor, that means the person in charge of the house, did not want to build it up again, so poor people moved in. They had to pay little rent for the house, which was gradually crumbling and falling to pieces. Years ago, when the uncle had come to the village with Tobias, he had lived there. Most of the time it had been empty, for the winter lasted long, and cold winds would blow through the chinks in the walls. When poor people lived there, their candles would be blown out, and they would shiver with cold in the dark. But the uncle had known how to help himself. In the fall, as soon as he had resolved to live in the village, he came down frequently, fitting up the old place as best as he could. On approaching the house from the back, one entered an open room, where nearly all the walls lay in ruins. On one side, the remains of a chapel could be seen, now covered with the thickest ivy. A large hall came next, with a beautiful stone door and grass growing in the crevices. Most of the walls were gone and part of the ceiling also. If a few thick pillars had not been left supporting the rest, it would undoubtedly have tumbled down. The uncle had made a wooden partition here for the goats and covered the floor with straw. Several corridors, most of them half falling down, led finally to a chamber with a heavy iron door. This room was still in good condition and had dark wood paneling on the four firm walls. In one corner was an enormous stove, which nearly reached up to the ceiling. On the white tiles were painted blue pictures of old towers surrounded by high trees and of hunters with their hounds. There also was a scene with a quiet lake where, under shady oak trees, a fisherman was sitting. Around the stove, a bench was placed. Heidi loved to sit there, and as soon as she had entered her new abode, she began to examine the pictures. Arriving at the end of the bench, she discovered a bed which was placed between the wall and the stove. "'Oh, grandfather, I found my bedroom!' exclaimed the little girl." "'Oh, how fine it is! Where are you going to sleep?' "'Oh, your bed must be near the stove to keep you warm,' said the old man. "'Now come and look at mine.' With that, the grandfather led her into his bedroom. From there, a door led into the hugest kitchen Heidi had ever seen. With a great deal of trouble, the grandfather had fitted up this place— Many boards were nailed across the walls, and the door had been fastened with heavy wires, for beyond, the building lay in ruins. Thick underbrush was growing there, sheltering thousands of insects and lizards. Heidi was delighted with her new home, and when Peter arrived next day, she did not rest till he had seen every nook and corner of this curious dwelling place. Heidi slept very well in her chimney corner, but it took her many days to get accustomed to it. When she woke up in the morning and could not hear the fir trees roar, she would wonder where she was. Was the snow too heavy on the branches? Was she away from home? But as soon as she heard her grandfather's voice outside, she remembered everything and would jump merrily out of bed. After four days had gone by, Heidi said to her grandfather, "'I must go to grandmother now. "'She's been alone so many days.' But the grandfather shook his head and said, "'You can't go yet, child. "'The snow is fathoms deep up there, "'and it is still falling. "'Peter can hardly get through. "'A little girl like you would be snowed up "'and lost in no time. "'Wait till it freezes.' And then you can walk on top of the crust." Heidi was very sorry, but she was so busy now that the days flew by. Every morning and afternoon she went to school, eagerly learning whatever was taught to her. She hardly ever saw Peter there, for he did not come very often. The mild teacher would only say from time to time, "'It seems to me Peter is not here again.' School would do him good, but I guess there's just too much snow for him to get through. But when Heidi came home towards evening, Peter generally paid her a visit. After a few days, the sun came out for a short time at noon, and the next morning the whole Alp glistened and shone like crystal. The Alp is the mountain. When Peter was jumping as usual into the snow that morning, he fell against something hard, and before he could stop himself, he flew a little way down the mountain. When he had gained his feet at last, he stamped upon the ground with all his might. It really was frozen as hard as stone. Peter could hardly believe it, and quickly running up and swallowing his milk and putting his bread in his pocket, he announced, "'I must go to school today.' "'Yes, go and learn nicely.' answered his mother. Then, sitting down on his sled, the boy coasted down the mountain like a shot. Not being able to stop his course when he reached the village, he coasted down further and further and further till he arrived in the plain where the sled stopped itself. He was already late for school, so the boy took his time and only arrived in the village when Heidi came home for dinner. We've got it, announced the boy on entering. "'What, General?' asked the uncle. "'The snow,' Peter replied. "'Oh, now I cannot go up to grandmother,' Heidi rejoiced. "'But, Peter, why didn't you come to school? "'You could coast down today,' she continued reproachfully. "'I went too far on my sled, and then it was too late,' Peter replied. (laughs) "'I call that deserting,' said the uncle. "'People who do that must have their ears pulled. "'Do you hear?' The boy was frightened, for there was no one in the world whom he respected. The boy was frightened, for there was no one in the world whom he respected more than the uncle. A general like you ought to be doubly ashamed to do so, the uncle went on. What would you do with the goats if they didn't obey you anymore? I don't know, was the reply. If you knew of a boy that was behaving like a disobedient goat and had to get spanked, what would you say? Aw, oh, I guess it serves him right to be in trouble. So now you know it, Goat General, if you miss school again, when you ought to be there, you can come to me and be in trouble. Now at last, Peter understood what the uncle had meant. More kindly, the old man then turned to Peter and said, Come to the table now and eat with us. Then you can go up with Heidi, and when you bring her back at night, you can get your supper here. This unexpected change delighted Peter. Not losing any time, he soon disposed of his full plate. Heidi, who had given the boy most of her dinner, was already pulling on Clara's new coat. Then together they climbed up, Heidi chatting all the time. But Peter did not say a single word. He was preoccupied and had not even listened to Heidi's tales. Before they entered the hut, the boy said stubbornly, "'I think I'd rather go to school than than get in trouble with, with the uncle.'" Heidi promptly confirmed that this was a smart idea. When they went into the room, Peter's mother was alone at the table mending. The grandmother was nowhere to be seen. Brigida now told Heidi that the grandmother was obliged to stay in bed on those cold days, as she didn't feel very strong. That was something new for Heidi. Quickly running to the old woman's chamber, she found her lying in a narrow bed, wrapped up in her gray shawl and a thin blanket. "'Oh, thank heaven!' the grandmother exclaimed when she heard the, her darling step. All autumn and winter long, a secret fear had been gnawing at her heart that Heidi would be sent for by the strange gentleman of whom Peter had told her so much. "'That's Heidi's godfather, but nobody knows that yet!' Heidi had approached the bed, asking anxiously, "'Are you very sick, grandmother?' "'No, no, child,' the old woman reassured her. "'The frost has just gone into my limbs a little. "'Are you going to be well as soon as the warm weather comes?' inquired Heidi. "'Oh, yes, yes, yes. Maybe even sooner. "'I want to go back to my spinning wheel, and I nearly tried it today. "'I'll get up tomorrow, though,' the grandmother said confidently, "'for she had noticed how frightened Heidi was.' The last speech made the child feel more happy. Then, looking wonderingly at the grandmother, she said, "'In Frankfurt, people put on a shawl when they go out. "'Why are you putting it on in bed, grandmother?' "'I put it on to keep me warm, Heidi. "'I'm glad to have it, for my blanket is very thin.' "'But, grandmother, your bed is slanting down at your head.' Where it ought to be high, no bed ought to be like that. Oh, I know, child, I can feel it as well. So saying, the old woman tried to change her position on the pillow that lay under her like a thin board. My pillow never was very thick, and sleeping on all these years has made it quite flat. Oh, dear, if only I'd asked Clara to give me the bed I had in Frankfurt, Heidi lamented. "'It had three big pillows on it. "'I could hardly sleep because I was sliding down from them from time to time. "'Could you sleep with them, Grandmother?' "'Oh, of course, because that would keep me warm. "'I could breathe so much easier, too,' said the Grandmother, "'trying to find a higher place to lie down on. "'But I must not talk about it any more, for I have to be thankful for many things.' I get the lovely roll every day, and oh, I have this beautiful, warm shawl. I also have you, my child. Heidi, wouldn't you like to read something today? Heidi immediately fetched the book and read one song and story after another song or story. The grandmother, in the meantime, was lying with folded hands. Her face, which had been so sad a short time ago, was lit up with a happy smile. Suddenly Heidi stopped. "'Are you well again, Grandmother?' she asked. "'I feel very much better, Heidi. Please finish that song, will you?' The child obeyed, and when she came to the last words, "'When mine eyes grow dim and sad, let thy love more brightly burn that my soul o wanderer glad safely homeward may return safely homeward may return she exclaimed oh grandmother i know what it's like to come home after a while she said it is getting dark grandmother I must go home now. I'm glad that you feel better again. The grandmother, holding the child's hands in hers, said, Yes, I am happy again, though I have to stay in bed. Nobody knows how hard it is to lie here alone, day after day. I do not hear a word from anybody and cannot see a ray of sunlight. Oh, I have very sad thoughts sometimes, and sometimes I feel like I just can't stay in bed any longer. But when I hear those blessed songs that you've sung to me, oh, and the stories that you read to me, it makes me feel as if a light was shining into my heart, giving me the purest joy. Shaking hands and giving grandmother a hug, the child now said goodnight, and pulling Peter with her, ran outside. The brilliant moon was shining down on the white snow, light as day. The two children were already flying down the Alp, like birds soaring through the air. After Heidi had gone to bed that night, she lay awake a little while, thinking over everything the grandmother had said, especially about the joy the songs had given her. If only poor grandmother could hear those comforting words every day. Heidi knew that it might be a week or two again before she could repeat her visit. The child became very sad when she thought how uncomfortable and lonely the old woman would be. Was there no way for help? Suddenly, Heidi had an idea, and it thrilled her so that she felt as if she could not wait till morning came to put her plan into action. But in her excitement, she had forgotten her evening prayer, so sitting up in bed, she prayed fervently to God. Then falling back into the fragrant hay, she soon slept peacefully and soundly until the bright morning came. What a sweet young person Heidi is, and Peter too. In fact, the whole family is just so kind to one another. They can be grumpy, as we heard grandpa and grandma getting a little grumpy, but what wonderful people to take trips through the deep, crusty snow to see one another, and you can just hear how much grandmother loves Heidi. Now, I wonder what her idea was. Do you have any ideas? Do you think maybe Heidi came up with an idea to help keep grandmother warm? Or maybe she thought of a way that she could keep reading and singing to grandmother, even when she has to go to school. You know, it's all there in the book, so maybe we should read the next chapter next time. We have one poem left, and it's by my favorite poet, Alfred Lord Tennyson. He paints beautiful pictures with his words he loves telling stories and you can tell when you listen to his poetry now he wrote a lot about what it was like to have family out on the ocean on a ship and this poem is a mother speaking to her little child That baby is a little bit restless, and Mama is restless too, waiting on Papa to come home from the sea. So instead of worrying and pacing back and forth and getting a little bit upset, Mama decided to sing a lullaby to her baby, and that's what Sweet and Low is all about. Sweet and Low by Alfred Lord Tennyson Sweet and low, sweet and low, wind of the western sea, low, low, breathe and blow, wind of the western sea, over the rolling waters go, come from the dropping moon and blow, blow him again to me while my little one, while my pretty one, sleeps. Sleep and rest, sleep and rest. Father will come to thee soon, rest, rest on mother's breast. Father will come to thee soon, father will come to his babe in the nest. Silver sails all out of the west, under the silver moon. Sleep, my little one, sleep, my pretty one, sleep. Isn't that the most beautiful poem? You can almost feel Mama holding the baby and rocking them to sleep while Papa's out at sea, ready to come to shore the next time they make port. Thank you so much for joining me on this winter escape. I had so much fun playing with snowballs and sledding with Peter and Heidi, listening to Heidi sing to Grandma, and of course, visiting Mama. And baby waiting for Papa in sweet and low. I hope that you stay happy, stay healthy, stay warm, and keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy. Keep reading until the day comes we meet again Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading my friend